welcome to Matrix Hunters episode five. Today we are joined with my co-host Rachit and the legendary member himself, Nick Dancer Ward. <laughs> yeah, so a little bit intro about Nick and how I met him. Um, <clears throat> I remember I was sad one day sitting at Sadler by myself and Nick came over and we were just talking about life. And then he introduced me to Inhuman Fitness, which is a fitness club at William and Mary that many of you may be familiar with. So Nick is the founder of that. And he's somewhat of like a spiritual leader on campus, I'd say. <laughs> he's a very influential character. So yeah, Racha, anything you want to add to your um, origins? Yeah. with? <clears throat> I met, I mean, I've known Nick, actually, I told this to Peter the other day. Um, Nick was the first person, like, when class started to actually wave hi to me on the first day of class, because or school, because we had Italian 8 a.m. every single day for freshman year, or my freshman year, and then I saw him at the gym. I was like, oh, shoot, I recognize someone, and then we didn't talk too much back then, but then it just, I just happened to randomly meet him sometime or in Sadler sometime like junior year and then it's just uh sp sprung from there and now he's here so yeah yeah um and <laughs> Nick I guess I'll, you're known a lot for you know your physical fitness because you're quite a hefty man um <laughs> so I guess for the first question um like can you describe your relationship with physical fitness and kind of how it's shaped you in all spheres of your life, basically? Yeah, yeah, no, I absolutely, absolutely can. Uh, first off, uh, thanks for having me, guys, and taking the time out of your day to, uh, to, to have me. Uh, it's an awesome opportunity. Um, the second thing is, yeah, so when I, when I first started, um, I was at a pretty, I was at a pretty, dark spot in my life. I'd say this is about 2015, 2016. Um, and I had no idea what I was doing, but I had to kind of do something because at that point we had lost a family member who was pretty, um, you know, pretty close to me. And, uh, and it was, it was one of those things that can either set you back or be a determinant in your life where, okay, now you can actually take a step forward in a direction that although unknown, um, you know, it could have great, great results if you're consistent, you know, and so you have to make a choice. And I decided to kind of do something new and, and get myself out of the gutter, um, you know, just so that I could see, you know, life is still worth living. It's still possible to improve yourself, you know, and so I kind of wanted to prove that to myself. So that's really where my relationship started. Um, it was so much less about like looking a certain way, um, you know, looking good, you know, on the beach when summer comes around and more about staying alive and feeling alive um, in, a, in a way that was healthy. You know, like I know a lot of people would go towards things like, you know, drugs or alcohol, things to kind of numb the pain, um, you know, when, when things get hard, because that's the immediate temptation and the body wants things that can numb. Um, and so, you know, you just kind of have to look that in the face and say like, well, no, like, I know that it's still possible to improve. I don't have to go down the rabbit hole, um, you know, that other people might take when it gets tough. 
And so just by doing something different and like kind of establishing that positive feedback loop where you know you're giving yourself something good and you're still improving regardless of the circumstances that are around you, um, that relationship became pretty strong. Um, and then when I got to school, um, I didn't know a whole lot still about like, you know, the intricacies of, of physical fitness, the science behind it, you know, what is progressive overload? What in the world is a conjugate system? You know, you know, things like that. I had no clue about, but I understood the mentality behind it. I understood the importance of that relationship. Um, because even when things got tough and I felt alone, you know, during the semesters, you know, especially during the early days, 2018, 2019, um, I kind of understood that stuff will come with time. All I have to do is stay consistent. Um, I have to keep building and investing in this relationship that I have with fitness because I've seen what it does, you know, in the past. And then just by doing that, eventually, you know, that kind of took off for me. And I think the guy that you know today and the, the person you see today um, has been influenced deeply by just the mentality behind fitness in general. It's so much, it's so much less about, you know, how you look. Um, it's so much less about what other people say about you because people, you know, and you know, this Pete say all kinds of things about me and, you know, the stuff that I do, you know, why is Nick doing this? You know, when he could be doing something else, why is he doing 20,000 pushups out in the sunken gardens? You know, it's, you know, people say what they want, but I think it's because they don't understand that relationship that I have uh, with fitness and what it actually does for your mind. Um, and the choices that you have to make to get yourself to a good spot. Um, you know, so that I'd say that's where the influence comes from. Then you just kind of pick up with that and, and you run with it and the people who see it and want to run with it as well, then they can do it. And the people who don't, um, well, then they don't, you know, but that relationship is yours and it's yours to cultivate. So I would say that's where it really started for me. Yeah. I mean, I definitely uh, look up to that, um, but there's, um, or this is kind of from coming from me, but part of the reason why I wanted you on this podcast was because I wanted um, a better, better understanding of, of your mentality uh, towards like past, present, future future sort of thing so I remember when like talking with you having deep conversation with you in the past uh you've been very like um motivated towards the future that like we need to you need to constantly keep improving yourself doing this doing that to like like kind of like not staying in the present constantly doing more and I wanted to get I wanted to know your perspective on why do you do you value on constantly like improving more day by day and then delaying gratification versus like versus not really staying in the present and doing that at the same time? Like what's your view on that? So if, if I understand your question correctly, you're, you're, you're kind of wondering why do I put that emphasis on, on the future? Yeah. Okay. The, like the, the reasons why like delayed gratification is like the, the goal of you know how we operate as human beings. I mm. see. Um, it's it's kind of the purpose of being of being human. Um, you know, ironically, I, I I've named this this thing that I do. You know, inhuman fit. You know, just like Peter introduced. Um, yeah, ironically, that's what we call it because I'd say a, a a great deal of actually being human is denying our initial instincts. Um, that's where we find the most value in our execution. Because through delaying gratification, what you're also doing is delaying what your body 
you know, as this, as this thing that always wants to, you know, either mute pain, maximize pleasure, you know, even at the expense of, you know, your, your long-term hopes and dreams and futures, um, you know, you have, you have that, that's, that's your body. And by delaying that, by delaying those feelings and investing in something that is truly you and would benefit the lives of others, you know, and by sacrificing yourself for others, uh, what you actually end up doing is finding your true purpose. Um, we live in a world that goes completely against that type of, that type of outlook. Um, and, you know, you see this all the time, right? So like I was bouncing for a significant period of time at, uh, you know, at William and Mary at the bars and, you know, there are three different college bars that I see all the time, you know, you know, college deli, you've got brick house, you've got Paul's, um, and, you know, you, you see people kind of circulating in and out between each one, going through each one, trying to find, you know, the same, the same thing at different places some way to maximize pleasure in the shortest period of time. Um, and they never end up finding it. One way or another, they either end up drunk and upset on the side of the road. They get in an Uber and they barely even know how in the world they, they called for it in the first place. Uh, and sometimes you have to kick people out for doing things that they wouldn't otherwise have done if they were themselves. You know, people looking for the same thing and they never quite end up finding what exactly goodness and purpose really is. They think they know, they think they can find it and they never end up doing it simply because they followed the values of their body. Not true purpose, not what their true callings are. Um, you know, and that's, I'd say a microcosm of what you actually see out in the world. You know, you take a nine to five that you think is secure and it's a, it might be a well-paying job. And that's what people say, hey, you know, you've got it made, you're happy. What? Why would you be unhappy with a job that is secure, with a wage that pays well? And, you know, you might have a wife and kids or a husband and kids. And, you know, you seem to have everything that everybody could want. Why would you be unhappy? Well, I mean, simply because you bought into the concept of the world that people have crafted for you. But finding those things that we define as good for the human body and the body has defined for you, you know, what is good, what is pleasure, all these things. And you still find no actual purpose in that, you know? And so that's, that's why denying, you know, your immediate gratification, denying your senses um, is, is so valuable because oftentimes the body will lie to you. Um, and its initial instincts are actually exactly the opposite of what you want and what you actually deserve, you know, as a human. Um, this is why I'm such a believer. Going the opposite direction, you'll actually find what you're looking for. Um, because that's out of your comfort zone. Out of your comfort zone is growth. You stay where you're supposed to be, or you stay where you're not supposed to be on something that actually takes you in that direction of what people define for you and what your body says, this is right. This is, this is what you want. This is the pleasure center. This is where, you know, you need to be and then you end up not finding what you're looking for not finding what you deserve what your purpose is um so i'm a big believer in going against the grain uh, because that is where growth occurs that's where you you have to pitch yourself against yourself and actually see what you're made of you know if you don't do that 
then you will stay stagnant. You will buy into what people say, this is goodness, this is pleasure, this is what your life is for. And you'll never, you'll never end up finding what you're actually truly capable of and what you could be. Yeah, that's, there's like a lot we could talk about with that <laughs> answer. You touched on a lot of things that are very interesting, but um, with the whole um, dichotomy between delayed gratification and instant gratification, hmm. I agree with like a lot of what you're saying about the pleasure that is unexpected that could be found in self-restraint because it's very counterintuitive. Like you wouldn't think, that not eating this treat right now might make you happier in the long run. But um, <clears throat> I think what kind of Racha and I were trying to balance was there's, you can get trapped, I think, in this idea of constantly always, always thinking in the future in terms of like, all oh, my gratification has to be like delayed maybe, or we're not saying this is you, but we're just saying like some people are, get stuck on the self-improvement mm. obsession where it's like they can never be satisfied with like how they are as a person. Yeah. And so one thing I was considering, and this also brings working out into it is like each day, for example, say I want to become a scientist in the future, then I could spend every day, just all day studying physics, chemistry. And then I would be kind of miserable because my my physical health would decline but you could argue like hey that's not that important for being a scientist so like but there is kind of this gratification that comes from working out that is kind of instant like it and it's also it's like another counterintuitive thing because you were talking about when you were depressed and you were going through pain you found you know comfort in working out which it's it's completely counterintuitive because you basically found less suffering by self-induced suffering, mm. which is working out. And so it's kind of, um, it's interesting when the things you take pleasure in, as it grows, you can find more instant gratification in like healthier things. Cause like, yeah. if I go to the gym, it's pretty instant. Like as soon as I'm done working out, I feel pretty good about myself. Mm. So then, but yeah, what I'm saying, everything I'm saying doesn't really, go against what you said because it's kind of like but it's just like the re-thinking of what instant gratification is because it could also be like oh you know you could masturbate all the time and then it's like you can masturbate like eight times a day and then be like oh like it's my body telling me it's healthy so you're right like there is some self-denial because if your body's saying that's healthy but it's clearly not because your mental health is declining mm -hmm. and so people like to to separate like, oh, well, like my body's sexual energy. So that justifies this addiction. But then you're realizing yeah. like, are you a happy person? You just say it to them straight up. And if they say no, it's like, then what is causing your unhappiness? Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's actually, that's so true. You know, and it's funny because it's, it's your body actually telling you that, Hey, you know, you're executing that, you know, that, that drive, that desire that's going to make you happy. That's going to activate the pleasure centers. You're going to get what you want. And you always end up walking away from those experiences with a lesser version of yourself. You know, it's a, it's a very interesting thing how the desires of the body, as we currently know them and understand them and feel them, will always lead you down a path that is unfulfilling. 
you know, and, and that's part of the reason why I believe in this concept of sin, because if it did not exist, then those desires, those drives and those feelings would actually lead to an outcome that was ultimately fulfilling. You would walk away from that experience knowing I'm a better person because of that. But your actual body leads you towards those things that didn't, that, that actually mitigate that ultimate purpose, a purpose that you could have for yourself. You know, that's, it's a very interesting thing. You know, so yeah, I know you're completely right about that. Um, and that's why we have to kind of live in that way where we do deny ourselves, you know, not, not every pleasure that you, you, you grab onto and, you know, um, and, and provides immediate gratification. Not every one of those pleasures is a bad thing. Um, hanging out with friends, hanging out with family, uh, you know, even having a couple beers and getting, you know, a little bit tipsy in the right social circumstance, you know, like, I, I don't believe that there's anything inherently wrong with that. Um, but it's those things that you pursue and dive deep into for the purpose of muting pain, you know, that you need to address some other way or uh, through providing an extreme sense of pleasure. You know, that, that's, that's the problem, you know, where, where it actually takes place of a greater purpose of your life, where you actually rely on those things uh, to, uh, to provide a sense of, of relief and, and purpose that's a problem, you know? So that's, that's how we have to define it and treat it. And we have to live our life according to those, those principles. No. Yeah. I mean, no, you're totally right. It's, um, I think, I think someone, and I watched this on YouTube too, but um, I was watching some like different educational videos on self-improvement and just trying to discover the meaning of life, things like that. But what, one of the things that really resonated with me was um, every single day or just try to constantly increase delayed gratification and reducing instant gratification, but also not removing instant gratification because then you're living a life that's unbalanced. Like you are, I think Peter and I talk about balance a lot on this podcast that mm. just strive to be balanced and there's it's also good to be unbalanced while balanced there's so many different dichotomies you can yeah like give the balance being balanced yeah <laughs> but, but balance is so key that like um if if we can if we're unbalanced in many circumstances and you're right like let's say with alcohol or any of the any drugs or anything and the reason why they're all considered so bad is because our mind becomes very addicted to these sort of things. And that could be with anything, it could be going, working out constantly, it could be eating, it could be binge eating, literally anything. If you don't do it in moderation, then it could become a problem in your life. So I understand that like, yes, we should constantly like keep doing more, but it's also if we, yeah, like reserve some time every day, just doing things that we actually like to do, which aren't going to cause us further harm, like hanging out with friends, family. That's, I think that overall is just, we're just every day carrying on a growth mindset and we're just learning and getting better. And that's how I see it. That's how I try to progress every single day. And I think that is the right way for everyone. And in my perspective. Interesting. Yeah, actually, this kind of relates to what we were just talking about, but um, 
Nick, as you've progressed, like as you've grown as a person, have you noticed like your struggles evolve and change like your, because for example, let's say you're level one matrix person. (laughs) (laughs) At level one matrix, (laughs) you're probably like, some of those struggles might be like, okay, I'm not gonna um, get drunk tonight or you know you're fighting basic addictions i'm not trying to make fun of those problems but like yeah no those are like the most apparent issues someone could have have you noticed like your struggles get more abstract as you progressed on your path in life um you know no actually what i what i notice is that the struggles that i've that i've always had uh take the forefront they become more clearly defined um because i actually see them in stark contrast against what other people are kind of dealing with, you know? So for example, um, I'll, I'll never be able to get the image of, of Audrey, you know, who's, who's my sister who passed away. I'll never be able to get the image of her out of my head. You know, um, you know, when, when I, when I saw her dead, you know, that, that image I'll have with the, I'll have with me for the rest of my life, you know, how she looked and how pale, and, and almost characterish she was, you know, kind of separate from the person that I, that I knew, you know, seeing her alive. It was like, she just, just was not there. Uh, and, and that image kind of created a sense of horror and um, purposelessness because you wonder, okay, so what's the point? If I know for sure now that this is not who we are, um, you know, and that there's, there's the soul is almost separate from the body because you know what the body looks like separate from the soul. Um, having known that, you know, what is, what is the point, you know, and that struggle is constant. That problem becomes more clearly defined with time um, because you see, and like, then this is why I mentioned in contrast with what other people are going through, they truly, truly do believe that this is it, this life that you have, this is the one experience that you get your soul, your body, they're all intertwined. And then when it's over, your soul is simply snuffed out. And somehow disappears into this void of matterlessness. Um, although they can't prove that that's the case, that's how they live their lives. Void of purposeful execution. You know, and then seeing that brings out that problem that I have. What is the point? You know, it is more clearly defined. And so you have to live your life knowing that, no, the soul is separate. My purpose is not what other people tell me it is, you know. The pleasure centers are not are not the, the the prime escape. This is not the goal, you know. And so, with time, as I see how other people live their lives, and when I say other people, I just mean wholesale my peers. You know, the people that I that I that I've met and watched operate in the uh, university environment. Um, you know, as I've seen that, that is the question that I have to keep running up against. Um, and, uh, and this is kind of going back to Rashid's point, you know, about balance, right? It's like, yeah, I would agree that 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 balance is important um, with the right things. But when it comes to like working out and things like that, that kind of remind you that your purpose is outside, um, is outside what's pleasurable. Um, and you and you enjoy putting yourself in that place. I would actually say that it's it's very hard to get too much of that 
because that's exactly where your body does not want to be. And that is, that is the road where your purpose lies in those things that are not immediately pleasurable. And you enjoy putting yourself in that spot for that very reason, because you want to continue down that road. Um, so yeah, balance is important, I would say, to the extent that you can live a life that is well-rounded and helps you serve others. But I would say that the cornerstone and the majority of your life should be lived in a context that puts you outside the pleasurable experiences that people say are the primary experiences of the, you know, the, the human life. Um, that, that is the key, you know, and those things should actually be unbalanced. You should rush towards and embrace those things simply because it's counterintuitive and will remind you that you're mortal. You have a limited amount of time and the impact that you can and must make while you're still here, you know, has to be seized and has to be fulfilled. Um, you know, so yeah, I would say that my, my problems have become only more clearly defined through time. I wouldn't say that they've changed or gotten worse. I would say that my experience now with my peers and with the world at large and what people think real purpose is has only enhanced my understanding of denying the self and maximizing the time that we have here to make the most amount of change possible. No, you do make a great point because um, purpose, purpose is very like important. And I would say nearly 80, 90, probably 99% of, or probably everyone in the matrix lacks a real clear purpose in life. <laughs> um, and purpose is so important because, and for me as well, um, it's something that helps me sleep soundly at night, something that helps me wake up and wake up when my alarm goes off, something that drives me and constantly do the things that I have to do that I want to do every single day until, and it's not even until I can get there, but I just, I just love the journey. And people are, and then there's a different mindset to that. That's like, oh, you only live once, like go do whatever you want. Like, let's say you're at a bar scene and then see a couple of cute girls, like, oh, go and talk with them. And yes, like, I understand that mindset that like, okay, yeah, we, we have, we're a mortal soul. So we should only live once and get as much, it becomes a number game, like how much more we want. But then after like having a lot of that experience, it's only, we can improve in so many different facets in life. Uh, and it's constantly conquering our fears and different things. It's not just conquering, conquering our fear in something that will constantly give us more pleasure. Like that's not how I, how I see life either. It's just, Right. Anything that we want to keep on improving, we want to, we, we just want to, we're all like cramped up in a bubble and we just want to expand and go like, become like an Avenger. So <laughs> that's just, yeah, how uh, that's just my perspective. So like, I really, I resonate with what you just said. Yeah. Just yeah. having a purpose is, is really important. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's exactly right. Yeah. Nick, um, like about what you were saying with spending a lot of your life outside the comfort zone, kind of, it's kind of this idea of 
battling your fears. And it's almost like we're supposed to view our lives as kind of like a myth is one way a lot of people described it is like we're on a hero's journey. And, you know, Hercules fought a lot of like those scary monsters. And it's kind of like you could use it as like those are symbols of the fears in your life. Like, for example, if you're really afraid to be in an intimate relationship with someone, it's almost like getting into like a when a, like a, a healthy relationship with the opposite sex is almost like your what is the chimera is that like a monster i don't know or like it's like you're like <laughs> like your hydra is like overcoming yeah fears and so what i'd say though is like um i think it's good to be very optimistic about life like and i would agree with you that I don't think this is it yeah. and that there's um, there's energy within you that can't really be, you know, no, energy is neither created or destroyed if we right. want to use the rationalist. Um, so the idea of being some people, when they hear that, it's like, Oh, well, this life is mortal. It's human. There's flaws. So we should kind of be anticipating only the next life. But I try to be more optimistic where it's like, you know, there could be heaven after this, but I also want to enjoy this experience in terms of not criticizing it too harshly or being like hating the material world. Yeah, no, absolutely. I'm not advocating that either. What I am saying is actually enjoy this experience. You should. But enjoyment comes from the very things that the body says are not enjoyable. Because enjoyment is, is intrinsically linked to your purpose, whatever that might be. You know, so enjoy the material world, but pursue the very thing which others and yourself are actually hating against you know, actually pursuing those things that you fear because you will find enjoyment in that. You will find fulfillment in that. You will be able to give back to others by equipping yourself to the max. That's the purpose of the material world. That way, when you do die and that you, you will die, you know, we think <laughs> we're going to live forever, you know, and you see people live as if they will live forever, which just blows my mind because time is ticking away you will have left something behind, something immaterial, an impact, a legacy. So pursue that. Enjoy the world through doing things that no one else would do so that when the buck stops, you can look back and say, wow, I actually did something with my life. I didn't spend it with these frivolous pastimes things that people said would fulfill me and actually ended up draining me of all my potential. I lived a kinetic life. That's how you spend your time in the material world. That's what I advocate. Mm -hmm. No, um, I think I mentioned this to you when we talked one time, but it was a speech from Denzel Washington. Basically, mm -hmm. he said how his greatest fear and actually this has become my greatest fear too uh, but basically how he said um he he was he was talking to the graduating class in UPenn and he was saying 
how he was asking a class like how many ghosts will there be on your deathbed so as ghosts he's referring to regrets like how many ghosts are there going to be around your deathbed and trying to reach out to you cry to you crying to you complaining to you why did you not why did you not accomplish me or like why did you not do anything with me and he's just I can't live with the fact that like when I'm about to die that the things that I really wanted in life and I was never able to achieve it because of external factors of external circumstances what whatever he said she said all that bullshit like if I intrinsically wanted something and I was not able to do it by the time I die like that's gonna fucking hurt so yeah yeah and it will it absolutely will yeah (laughs) very well said So, Nick, hmm, what, what would you say the esoteric meaning of inhuman fitness is? <laughs> <laughs> I, I, would, I would wager it's not, not too esoteric. Uh, I, I would say. Well, actually, you already did kind of tap into it with the whole inhuman versus like being really human because you were saying like. The self-denial, people think it's like, oh, you're hindering life, but you're actually living life more to the fullest by like chasing your true desires. Absolutely. But um, yeah. Yeah. You're killing the hydro. You're getting out there and getting some. Yeah. I mean, absolutely. But I think everybody wants to do that. You know, deep down, they know they should because that's where the fulfillment lies, but they, they decide not to. It is a decision, um, you know, to, to live life separately, uh, you know, from what other people say is is decent and good you know so that you can actually end up doing something with your life um yeah i would say the meaning is not is, is not too esoteric i i think i think <laughs> what i'm trying to get people to understand is that simply by doing more than you thought you could you're setting yourself up for a path that will drive you towards discovering your purpose you know, and I've, I've simply chosen to, to, to place physical fitness as the medium uh, to discovering that. But I'm not, you know, I, I think from the outside, and this is the initial reason why people join is like, okay, they, they know, you know, I need to somehow take care of myself. I somehow need to, to get involved in something that is not self-destructive. And I want to put myself towards an investment that, you know, that creates something new that actually betters myself. And so that's their initial reason for joining. And then as they spend time with us, you know, as you know, with that community, with you, Pete, uh, with uh, with Oliver, with me, and they see us in the gym and, you know, things like that. um, Then they start to understand. It's like, okay, this is so much more than about fitness. This is a community of people that are pursuing a different type of lifestyle. You know, they don't just show up you know, on, on, you know, the, for the monthly challenges, you know, and then do their thing and then live a life contrary to what we believe in. Like they, they have adopted it to the fullest extent. Um, and that, that's the thing that encourages them. And then they start to wonder like, okay, so how can I adjust my lifestyle in a way that constantly motivates me to be uncomfortable, you know? And for some, it starts at showing up at the gym at five 30 every day when they know I'm going to be there, you know, seven days a week, I'm there. I didn't take a rest day you know, and they knew that they could find Nick there and that he would motivate them to keep going. And then 
they adopted that into something else, some other factor of their life. You know, you know, I've been slacking off on this course and I have to ask myself why, you know, is it the case that I can't do it or that I don't have the bandwidth or could I really, could I really push it even though I know I don't want to simply because I know that that discipline will make me a better person. And then they apply that to their, you know, to that aspect of their lifestyle. And eventually it just starts cropping up the friends they make, you know, the things that they say about their family and to their family, um, every aspect of their hopes and dreams, the way they live their lives is then infected by that principle that they can do more, that they should do more because by being inhuman, that's when you're most, in, that's when you're most human, you know? And so that, that's really the purpose. You know, by using fitness to get you to understand that you you must be more than what people say you are. You must. And you have to live that way. It's not optional. It's not, you know, but you can't really market it that way because when people don't understand that at first, um, you know, that's not much of a value proposition. It just leaves them confused. So you have to lure them in with the, with the, uh, the promise of, plans and community and social engagement, friends, you know, uh, accountability, you know, things which I would say are important for the beginner, but, you know, gradually mean less and less as this becomes, you know, a part of your lifestyle, you know, and then you take that and then you go and infect others with that principle. You create a better world. That's the purpose. Yeah, so you're saying it's easier to market the more, they're important, but like more superficial or easier to understand elements of inhuman as opposed to this is something that's going to change your entire perception of reality and improve every facet of everything you do in life because you'll learn how to be passionate for once about something. And honestly, I think that makes sense because even though I might not be the like obsessed with physical fitness per se as much as some other people in in human are like it is nice being surrounded by people who are very passionate about something because like there's i'm filled with people who are like they have kind of half passions or they live half lives where it's like everything everything's like it's like okay it's deep but we can't be like too deep into that bro like that's too much of that but it's like it's nice for once to be surrounded by like people who are like yeah we're just we're obsessed with fitness and they're like, <laughs> it's awesome. Yeah. I, I would say that it's not even fitness that they're obsessed with, you know, at least the people who've been with us for a while, that, that's how they treat it. And that's how they execute that aspect of their lives. But every part of their lifestyle, like because of I mean, human was kind of ground zero. It's be, every aspect of their lives is, is exactly like how they execute with fitness. They're extremely passionate about everything they do because they can understand I can apply myself that much more to what gives me purpose, you know, like Peter, you were talking, uh, you know, when we, when we first started the call about how, you know, physics was kind of, you know, and science, things like that were becoming more of a joy to you, things that you wanted to delve into, you know, that might be your method of getting people to understand that, look, like this is your, this is your chance to become somebody, to be someone, you know, that might be your medium for me. It, it is fitness, you know, but for you, that aspect of your lifestyle, you know, that that could be your way of infecting others with this principle, you know? So everybody has that. Like I would say the more experienced people in a human have that understanding, not living half a life, you know, of actually diving deep into something that 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 is rewarding and it can allow them to invest in other people and get them to understand that this place 
promises you everything and then leaves you in the dust. You know, you are responsible, you know, for, for, for helping others out of that, whatever medium you choose. And they get that. And so every aspect of their lifestyle is exactly how they execute in fitness. But when you see them, the context is in fitness, you know, that's how the community works. And that's why it is the way it is. And so amazing because everybody has that passion and they just apply it wherever they are. You know? I think a uh, passion is just so fascinating. And that's like, that's actually the main reason why, like, why I want to be part of Inhuman mm. was I can see within your club, within you that you're, you want to bring about passion in others and me and you, and then really gravitate your passion towards others. Right. And I think that's something that's really lacking in the William and Mary community in terms of organizations and clubs. There's a lot that are there like, Oh, I just want to join for the social aspect or yeah. do this, do that. But it's just then go join like a social club. Or, I don't know. Like, why are you joining a club? So, like, join something that you really want to do and it's something i don't know if you know about this thing but it's called like the flow state and you probably experience oh, yeah. working out yeah like you just you're just in the zone and that being the feeling of being in the zone is is literally the optimal state of consciousness that's your yeah. you're it's amazing and yeah that's that's something i I really like and I just can't I've now realized that I just don't want to be part of something that is just like oh yeah haha like let's go yeah. <laughs> yeah. I want to be in something that people love doing and I want to also love doing it as well so, like right. dude it, for example like if you join the bird watching club like you better be passionate about those birds like yeah, I know yeah. what saying to me like <laughs> or whatever but if you're just joining the bird watching club is like, oh, I need new friends. Or like I'm joining the astronomy club because like, oh, I will just want to talk to people. But it's like, if you go in with that mindset, you're going to be probably disappointed because I think it's easier to socialize once you have an, a shared passion about something. Because then it's like, hey, you know, we're looking at the stars through this telescope and I think your eyes are pretty like the stars. I don't know. Like, that's really cringe. But like, <laughs> related to like, or like, you know, I could see like a black hole in your pupil and that says a lot about the law of correspondence. And they'll be like, whoa, you're really like esoteric right now. And then, you know, you get kickstarted on a conversation, but if you're just there like, hey, what's your major? Yeah. You know, what's your favorite yeah. ice cream? And what's your favorite color? It's like, dude, just, like, no, that's just not me. Like, I don't define myself by the colors I like to look at, or I don't define myself by, or confine myself is a better way of doing it. That's like when Nick, you were saying these people are trying to confine you by saying, oh, like this person's in the B school. So they have this mentality. Oh yeah. Like, they, you know, they always do that. Or like this person's in ROTC. So they're like this, this person's in this fraternity. So they must be like, Oh, really bad or really good or really handsome or really smart. Or like, yeah, it's like these assumptions based on things that aren't really that important to anyone. And it's like, at a certain point, you just gotta, you just gotta dive deeper, like grab them, like get to the core of the apple, get to just rip through just the, yeah, the, just the 
ectoplasmic bullshit that everyone puts around themselves and just get <laughs> really to the source of what the hell this person is. Absolutely. <laughs> That's absolutely right. Got to get right down into it. Yeah. yeah. That's the purpose. Like shoving your hand down a garbage disposal while it's on and just like, <laughs> yeah, what's going on down there? Like face your fears. <laughs> I didn't think about it that way, but yes, that's exactly right. <laughs> that is kind of the risk. It's like you go deep inside someone's persona. It's like they could be a garbage disposal, or they could be like a car wash, or like you know, they could be refreshing. Could be anything, dude. Like a like a lemon flavored sparkling beverage. Like you don't know what the person's gonna be until you enter into their soul. And then oftentimes you'll find that no, this this person wasn't. A garbage disposal i didn't get shredded to pieces for trying to be intimate once for once like they actually appreciated the fact the fact that i was a genuine person in a college community filled with cynical just superficial vapid <laughs> just negative people that's the problem like i i know i'm complaining about women mary right now but like i'm just complaining about about the fact that they're always complaining like <laughs> i just oh, yeah. want more positive people like nick or yeah, Ratchet and just the people I hang out with. It's just Yeah, no, absolutely, dude. I, I totally I totally get that. Yeah. I mean, on the you know, topic of relationships, I, I definitely wish like if I if I could do things over again, I would not like waste time with those things because you know that's more time that you could be investing in somebody who really needs your help that at that moment, you know. And, and I would say like, I, deny yourself even that, you know, cause that, that is a huge part of, you know, our human experience is that need for like connection with someone who loves you, you know, like, and I get that, but that can wait, you know, it really can. Like you're young, you need to spend your time investing in people and this is like where the garbage disposal thing comes in right it's like you don't know how they're going to react you don't know how they might end up treating you regardless invest in them anyway like those are people who have visceral reactions uh you know to stimulus because they might have trust issues or something you know traumatic happened to them in the past but the truth is is like they need you at that moment you know so you want to prepare yourself to like invest in those people who really need you when they're on the x you know like that's that's really why that's really why we're here. And in, you know, spending time with relationships and, you know, girls and, you know, for you guys, you know, like, it's just, it's just so, it's such a non-issue. Like I, I would not even waste time with them, you know, because they will end up wasting your time. Even if it works well, let's say it works well. You love them. They love you. Everything's, you know, honky dory. Okay. How is that benefiting you know, cause you're going to end up spending a whole lot of time with them. How is that benefiting the pursuit of your purpose? You know, you're, you have a limited amount of time. Spend the four years, only the four years that you have here. It's not a long period investing in others and leaving a lasting impact so that when you're gone, you know, you can continue down that road. And then, you know, if she comes along and, you know, she's faithful and, you know, you're ready then, then invest in that because, you know, you're already secure in your purpose, but spend time investing in people that really need your help. You know, like don't, don't waste time with those relationships and, you know, the promises of having a good one, because that is a waste of time. 
you know, and if I could do it over, I, I would, I would do that and avoid that completely. Cause I, I definitely wasted two years of my, you know, initial college experience in that, um, you know, now, and, and, and I, I definitely wish I had gotten something like inhuman started off the bat, you know? Well, I, okay. I don't know if I agree too much with the avoiding getting caught up in relationships with a female or with, um, okay. I don't know why I worded it like that, but, um, for example, let's say, so you had a bad experience, like you had a bad relationship in college, but what if your girlfriend had, let's say she was invested in you equally as much as you invested in her. And she was like, Hey, you know, inhumans really cool. Like what if she was supportive of you growing was like, you know, what if it was a mutually positive relationship? Cause I do think what you're mentioning more is like, don't get trapped in a bad relationship as opposed to. No, actually what I'm saying is even if it were a good one, even if it were good, think about the time that you would actually be dedicating to a good one. Those things are super, super demanding. And I mean, incredibly demanding if it, if it stays good. What do you mean by demanding like dates, a lot of dates? Yeah. And you know, you know that you'd be spending a whole lot of time. You'd be spending it at her place. She'd be spending it at your place. You guys would be together constantly, you know, and that's, that's how those things work. And that's okay. But at this stage of your life, when it's most important to actually latch on to purpose and like invest in other people as much as you can, it's simply not the best option, you know? I mean, and it's not like we're in the 60s or 50s where these relationships, you know, come up by and, you know, and, you know, everybody's just, is just, is just great. And then you end up settling down for a career that you hold for 30 years and you have some kids and like, it is not that simple. Most people, when they get to school, have some sort of trauma or depression or something like that. And they need secure people to lean on. And you have the opportunity to be that type of person. So instead of like getting caught up in something where it's, it's like a, an investment in constant pleasure, even if this is a good relationship, spend it getting yourself ready so that you can invest in people who need you because they do. That's what I'm saying. Okay. Yeah. I mean, it's self-denial for sure. But I know people are going to twist what you're saying. I feel like in their minds, let them twist it. But I get what you're saying. Like, cause Nikola Tesla said, he was like, he was single and he said that he knew he could get like, he could get married, but he knew that it would drain a lot of his energy. And it's just what something it's decision he didn't want to make. Like he, he wouldn't say that's necessarily a bad thing, but it's just like the path he didn't want to choose. Yeah. I mean, I'm not, so, I'm not saying that you shouldn't do it, but I'm saying like right now, especially right now, because you guys are in college. How many years do you have left Pete? You've got one. One year. Yeah. Yeah. And do both of you have one year left? Yep. You've got one year left. You've got one year to make maximum impact so that when you leave, people are like, oh my God, he's gone. You know, that, that actually like leaves a hole in my heart. That's, that's what, that is the goal. Cause you need, you need to have an impact so severe that it ends up being a legacy for you, that people can take it and they can move on and say, that's what Pete would do. That's what Rashid would do. You know, that, that's the, that is the ideal outcome. 
because that will give you purpose. That will put you on the right road. So why would you spend time investing in something that is so much more pleasure oriented, you know, like for in the moment than in yourself and in those things that create the legacy, especially at such a limited opportunity environment like William and Mary. Does that make sense? Yes, <laughs> it's, hmm. I, I've never like thought of it that way, but what would you say like, or I hear some people talking about it. Um, I do hear a lot of people say that like, oh, don't love when you're young, like do other stuff. But at the, at the same time, like people are also like, they don't regret being in a relationship or like when it's over because of the experience they had and they can do, they can have a, when they go on to their next relationship, they can use that experience to not make the same mistakes they did before. So like, would, is that, would that be a reason to go into a relationship or is that something you're also, you would be? Yeah. I mean, I would, I would say, man, I mean, I've been in a ton of, of different relationships, you know, like, especially like at school and yeah, I mean, they've definitely like better prepared me, I guess, for, you know, when, when I'm in it for real, but, um, the simple truth is that it's, it's a, it's a huge waste of time. <laughs> it, it is. You, you would be, what's that Pete? I don't know. Okay. It's a huge expenditure of resources and time that there's no way around it. And so, yeah, it might, it might prepare you for like, oh, you know, lessons learned, like I'll be better ready for when I actually like encounter someone that I'm interested in pursuing for real. But think about what you sacrificed. And I sacrificed a lot. Like that was time. Those are resources that I could have put towards a human, potentially. It, you know, it could have been recruiting new members. It could have been having a, a life-changing conversation with somebody who needed my help at the time. And I simply wasn't there for it because I missed the call and I was spending time with someone else. Those little things that seemingly are such small impacts. Now I no longer have the bandwidth for because I was having a pleasurable experience and sure it was good in the moment, but that's the sacrifice. Mathematically, you're going to give something up. So you just have to decide what do you want to give up? Do you really want to be in that good relationship right now when your maximum impact ability is so limited? You have a year left here. Is that what you want to spend your time? Okay. Okay, So there's, this is the dichotomy. So like, you're talking about how I could have a big impact where I touch a lot of people in a positive way where it's like, I'm benefiting because there's a lot of problems that weren't married. And it's like, huge. It's like, um, I know I make, we make fun of matrix people, but what is a, it's like the quote, what is a bad man, but a good man's work. So I don't, I try not to be negative and be like, Oh, I hate people at women marry. Like I do realize they're going through a lot of the struggles I went through when I was suffering. And that's why it causes you to do things that aren't good. Yeah. And so this is the problem though, is it's like, you have to balance. Cause you're right. If I'm spending a lot of time with one person, I can have less impact on many people, but then also you could look at it. Like say I'm dating a girl who's either struggling and she needs help sort of, and then she, 
let's say like I'm able to help her as like beneficial to her to the point where she becomes. So that's one option where she, so then you fix, like you help her through her trauma and all her like suffering. And then you're like, all right, we're good now. But then, or you date a girl who's like, who has all of her stuff together or like, she's just, you know, she's a good person. She's happy. She's positive. She wants to help people. So those two people come together and as opposed to drain one person draining the energy, like we're both on the same wavelength, then we're both giving each other energy. And I think it could get to the point where the relationship is so like understanding of one another that, that she'll be like, let's say I'm Nick and it's, I'm doing inhuman. It's like, all right, Nick, I understand you're really busy with inhuman. So we don't have to do anything this week. We can just like hang out on the weekend and then you could also say like, Hey, I know you're really busy with your humane fitness. Like if in this example, if you're dating Sarah Dorrell, I mean, that's just a joke, but like, <laughs> let's, say, let's say you were dating a girl who was doing like a different fitness club. And so you both were, or it doesn't even have to be a fitness club. Like she could be doing charity work at like a food drive or something. And it's like, yeah, I'm really busy with that. And so if you had this mutual respect, I think it could not be too much of a a burden in quotes but yeah i mean sure no i mean it's not that it would be a burden it would probably be very enjoyable but it's a commitment in the, in that in that best case scenario that is still a commitment and you you're gonna have to make it work and that requires time you know and then that's that's in the best case scenario that is the problem time time is always the issue and then the second thing is you've never seen a relationship where someone who gets with someone who's in trauma uh, ends up helping that person out of their trauma. What actually happens is that that relationship becomes very toxic because the toxicity is implemented in the relationship. The person who was good and who wanted to help the person out of the trauma actually ended up getting traumatized themselves. That's how those things work. So, you know, it's. Well, that, I mean, it doesn't always have to play out like that. Well, okay. So I mean, <laughs> let's, let's be honest. <laughs> I mean, that's a negative outlook on the situation. No, that's not a negative outlook. That's just the truth. It's it's like you can't it's tell like, me every time someone dates <laughs> someone who has trauma, they can't help them. Like that's what it's like. Okay, there's definitely times where it could be positively resolved. Not once. I've never. <laughs> seen <that>. What is <laughs> that? You've never seen that, Rashid? Have you? Have you ever seen where one person is toxic? The other person wants to help them out of the toxicity and they end up actually resolving the toxicity. Or is I, it the case that the relationship gets actually toxic? Well, I've never met people so self-aware to the point where they were like, yes, my partner is trauma that I'm going to help them through. So, and I realize they're toxic now, but they could like, I've never met people self-aware enough to solve the problem. The, that is actually part of the problem is that, yeah, they're very rarely self-aware. And so what I'm they, saying, what if they were self-aware? Yeah, what will they actually end up getting influenced by that? That's that's how that works. Because the person who's traumatized is deeply ingrained in that. That's not just like something they have, like that's a part of their identity. And they end up like actually influencing the relationship by that. That's where you get controlling relationships, that's where you get domestic abuse, that's where you get cheating, that's where you get alcoholism, that's where you get. Yeah, but oh. people can be cured of trauma. Like people can overcome yeah. it. It's well, not I'm not saying I'm not saying that they can't be cured of it. I am saying though, 
that it does affect the relationship and that the partner is not the one who fixes that problem. They're the one influenced by it. That's why you get counseling. That's how to resolve the issue. <laughs> okay, I guess I see what you're saying. Yeah. Sort of. I, but <laughs> anyway, we can just move on to a different point. Because... Um, yeah, yeah, we're not getting Ro- anywhere. <laughs> yeah, Roger, you want to say something? <laughs> <laughs> no, I was just I was just listening to both of y'all talk. That's pretty interesting. Um, no, well, I guess the one thing I can say from like not I, I haven't had I've been in much more like short-term relationships with other girls, other people from the opposite sex, but like never in a true, true one. So I can't say that I have the experience as like Nick does, but at the same time, like, I do see where both of y'all are coming, like, um, I, again, I definitely see that, like, the, the most realistic way could be that, um, if someone is in trauma, and the other person is not, and they're trying to help them out, that it could only go one way, and it's going to go in a negative way, but maybe it's because it's two matrix people that are in a relationship, yeah, that's what I was trying to say. <laughs> right, so, like, if, if it's either, like, us, any of us three that are helping someone else, someone out that's in, some traumatic or has, has has had some traumatic experiences then it would be a relationship like any other or i don't know it's just all right let's say that were the case what is the common denominator between the two time 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 what if it's time that's yes time has gone away but it's still the time you invested in was in a way still helped you grow as a yeah year. Because the pre- the presupposition, I think mm-hmm. I said that word right, um, that Nick, you have is <clears throat> that we're trying to be making as big of this impact or legacy on campus. But, I mean, that's good. But also, like, the small differences, like, the small changes, I think, can be also very, like, say you were able to transmute one really bad, like, okay. I don't want to come across as weird, but like you're able to transform one person into a golden star. And it took, might've taken you a lot of time, but I still think it's worth it. It might not be on a mass scale, but I think on the mass scale, things do become even more limited. Like if I'm spread out across all these different people, my influence might be more people, but less impactful per person potentially. I mean, unless I'm starting like, <clears throat> I mean, it depends, but you get what I'm saying? I, I see where you're coming from, but it actually, it's, it wouldn't work that way. The seed is the most important thing for you to plant because frankly, the seed is just not being planted. The way people spend their lives is completely contrary to what we've talked about here. So the seed does not exist. If you plant that, it will flourish because people are thirsty what it's, it, what it's really like is if you're in this relationship, right, you, you have someone who's super thirsty, you know, you give them water and you keep giving them water and you keep giving them water and you keep giving them water and then they're fine. But there are a bunch of other people out there who are extremely thirsty. If you were to spread out, if you were to spread out and plant a seed with a pitcher full of water to all these thirsty people so you could give them a taste of what real purpose looks like. They'll remember what that water tastes like and they will pursue it for themselves because they don't have people who are willing to dedicate that type of time and attention to them. 
So it's about oh, you okay. put a pitcher full of water. That that is your responsibility. You have it. And there are thirsty people out there. What are you going to do? You're going to invest in one person so that they're hundred percent, or are you going to show people how to get water for themselves? That's a legacy. So I could plant a seed in a girl. Wait, okay. and then <laughs> all right, <laughs> like I could plant a metaphysical seed in a girl and tell her, all right, I can't date you right now because you know too much water. The plant, you know, you need to learn water on your own, or you need to learn metaphysical water which is representative of meaning or purpose in life like it's your own hero's journey you need to go on i can't give you all the answers because it's your journey but once you realize i could give them the i could give them like a, a riddle or something like what a shape inside another shape really symbolizes then you can talk to me and hit my head up my snapchat or my socials and dm me like oh that's a shape within a shape is kind of this idea of one thing being two things at once. It's kind of like the universe playing games where it changes. Like it's all like one shape, but with different shapes inside and all that. And I'll be like, boom, you got the answer or something like that, where you kind of, you don't like um, what spoon feed them, everything you've learned, like all the esoteric wisdom you might know about everything, but you kind of give them a taste. And then it's like, if they're really interested, then you know, like, okay, they're willing to change at this point. I mean, if you're, if you're just talking about like dating, I mean, straight up, dude, if she doesn't get it, don't date her. Like, <laughs> cause you're going to end up spending time with that person. Like, don't, don't make that your grounds of investment. Like that is better spent on people who really need it. You know, and you don't want to be in a relationship with someone who's going to influence you just as much as you influence them. Cause that there's relationships. And then there's like everything else, you know, relationships, like romantic relationships are not the same as the types of relationships that you make with other people, because you're being vulnerable too. like, it's not a one way street where you're just like educating them and training them. Like they're going to impact you. That's, that's how that works. You're opening yourself up to them. And so you want to make sure that the person you're opening up to is going to make you a better person, like straight up. Don't waste your time with someone who you know, need so much education that it's going to be a one-way street and end up just depleting you of your resources. What you say is, I'm oh, sorry. Or no, Draja, you can tell. Um, what you say is interesting though, because um, I've, when I'm around like a lot of people that are single, they're like, oh, I can't wait to be in a relationship. But then when I'm around people that are in relationships, it's like, or that have recently got out of one they're like please don't get in one so it's just like <laughs> <"Where do I laughs> <laughs> but no you're um I guess I guess it's harder for me to fully resonate with what you're saying um Nick because I've not had the same experience or like I've not been in the same not been in a true one but it's also like I, I think it's I still inside of myself would want to invest some time experiencing such a thing but i also understand what i am sacrificing yeah yeah well i mean you're your man you're your own man right and pete you're your own man right like you guys are gonna have to make those decisions that's that's kind of part of the adventure you're gonna have to make those decisions and they will have consequences you know i definitely made mine and they had consequences and you know they're not bad like yeah just like you said rashid you learn from them um, but like when I look at it and I realize what I could have done with that time, man, I gotta say, 
you know, that's a hard pill to swallow because that is a massive impact that I could have had. Like you look at where Oliver's right, you know, right now he's single, been single for, you know, the, you know, the two years that, you know, that I, that I've known him and he spent time with me teaching me, you know, what he knew and letting me teach him what I knew. And it's this investment in that relationship that he really focused on and latched onto. And this whole discussion of purpose that we've had here today, you know, he, he gets it. That man, that man has led from the front in every aspect of his life since I have known him. And he's only continuing to do that. And the relationship thing, that's the last thing on his mind. He's so driven, you know, it, it's actually kind of crazy. And he's a sophomore. He's, he's, a, he's a rising junior, I should say. He's got two years. What kind of impact do you think he's going to leave behind when he's a graduating senior? He's going to leave such a hole that it's going to be incomprehensible, so much more than what I had. And what I had was significant. You know, that is the goal. You know, he's doing what I wish I had done. He's, he's in that, that position that is ideally placed to leave a true legacy and inspire people to lead from the front in their own lives. He, you know, if he did what I did, man, that's just an opportunity cost. So you can listen to the people who say, oh, you know, I can't wait to get in a relationship and have all these ideal, you know, thoughts about what it would be like, what it would feel like, all the pleasure that comes with it. I get that, you can listen. I can't stop you, but, the opportunity cost is real. You'd never be an Oliver. Uh, you know, that, that's, that's for sure. I certainly can't be. So yeah, I mean, it's, it's about what you're, it's what, what, you, what you're willing to pay at the end of the day. That's part of being a man. And I think you do bring up a good point on how like, especially with those that are single, um, they romanticize or fantasize how, you know, it could be, or like with any like romantic situation, they're like, oh wow it's like the most beautiful thing ever so it's just it's like I was I was listening to this podcast about lust yesterday and lust is not just about like sexual desire it's also um, desire for fame money food and it's just it's a different type of passion and desire and as you said like how it connects with sin where Mm. it's something that's not actually growing you as a person whereas it's just something the mind is compulsing or, or the body is compulsing towards and because the body and the mind think that it's going to be this once once you're in the process and after you do it it's going to be such an amazing thing but when you actually do it or like what the reality of it is nothing compared to it so like your expectations are so much higher mm. but the reality is not it so then you feel drained afterwards so i guess it's that kind of what you're trying to bring about like in terms of relationships to like how yeah. Yeah. I would, I would say, I don't want you to, to, to come away from this, like thinking that, oh, relationships are a bad thing. They're not. Relationships are a great thing. I, and, and God ordained us to be in relationships, like, um, you know, have a you know, husband and a wife. Like, I, I believe that for sure. Um, I'm not at all saying that relationships are a bad thing. However, we are young men. We are uniquely equipped with both physical ability and positions in life to make the biggest possible impact among the greatest possible number of people. This is a, this is an opportunity that very few people get. And we want to talk about how we're going to get in these relationships, (laughs) you know, like 
that that's that's how that's how we need to see it. There's a there's a crowd of hungry, thirsty people waiting for you to influence their lives in the most positive and magnificent sense. And you're gonna get you're gonna dedicate your time and your unique resources and abilities and your and your your drives and your ambition to one person that you don't really know you're gonna be with in the next year, next couple of years. You know, but you know for sure that you can create a legacy and a lasting impact among people who can show others how to discover their purpose. This is this is a once in a lifetime opportunity. You know, so what I'm saying is save the relationship for later. Like you, you'll find that woman someday. Like she's she's out there, but you have a mission. Don't don't get distracted with what's out there. You know, like let let other guys have that. Let them have it. And then let them die in their dusty coffins when they're, you know, when they're, when they're useless, you know, like let, uh. let them pursue the human aspect of their nature. Let them have it. Okay. I actually, okay. What you're, the way you're talking is very, it's actually, it's almost like St. Francis in a way. Like, because St. Francis had the dilemma where he, he said his greatest temptation was marriage. Mm. And then it was like the author of the book was writing about how, like, he was so holy. His only, his greatest temptation was a sacrament. And, but um, before I lose all the rationalists listening, like, this is a very interesting dilemma between how you're going to live your life because if, if your life is really just about you, then it makes sense to commit all your time to like one person who's just going to love you only. And I'm not saying this is the worst thing in the world, but like, like some people never even have this dilemma that Nick you're describing of, man, am I going to give, am I going to have a positive impact on the world or just one girl or one boy? Mm. And it is very, or one man and one woman, I guess. I don't, yeah. Um, because you don't want to have, like, that's a very, it's a deep thought to have because you're thinking about, like, now you're thinking about yourself as almost a resource that you can give to other people. Yes. And, you know, that might sound, my people might be like, oh, you're full of yourself. Like, you, you're thinking of yourself as like platinum or some resource. Like, you're like, you can be <laughs> like, you're some precious metal. But it's like, you know what? The, at a certain point, certain people become like a shining star in other people's lives. And you are do. a resource. Yeah, you are. Yeah. <laughs> think of yourself as platinum. Literally, think of yourself that way. Why aren't you? Right? <laughs> yeah. Like, you're right. And, and humans are the most valuable resource, like the power of the mind, like you can solve almost any problem and you can solve other people's problems. And it's just a very hard dilemma because I, since I have not been in like a serious or healthy relationship, um, I've, I definitely have, I'm in like kind of the lover boy stage or like the, whatever it's called, like the, a French troubadour. I don't even know if I'm like, what the fuck I'm talking about. <laughs> but like, I definitely feel like my heart. Vocabulary, dude. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like my heart is searching for that. But I also am realizing like, I have pondered the same thing where it's like, 
is it selfish of me to want to be in a relationship? No, no, it is not selfish. It's natural. And it's not a bad thing. It's a good thing. But you have to choose when you're going to actually commit to that and whether you're willing at this point of your life to, to, to sacrifice the change that you could make. I mean, that's the thing. I'm saying put it off for later. I mean, it will come and it will be a good thing because you'll be ready. You will have started that journey to making maximum impact and then you'll be ready. But if you choose to take this period of your life now where it's like you have a Oliver's type of opportunity where you can like commit fully to making change and get started on that path. Like that's not the time when you want to invest in just one person because you are platinum and people need that. Right. More importantly, you're water. They're very thirsty for, for knowledge and, and purpose and things that people aren't giving them. Their own families often aren't giving them. So it's like, yeah, it's okay to have those, those feelings for a relationship. Like I definitely had them and I definitely like went over to the dark side to, so to speak, where, where the opportunity cost was so high. And then I wasted that time, you know, that that's the thing. So it's like with the time that you have, build yourself up, invest in yourself and invest in others, which is investing in yourself. And then when you're ready, go towards that relationship, you know, because then you'll be, then you'll be set. You know, you don't have to worry about like investing in a, in a girl who like, you know, is going to end up draining you because you'll know what you're looking for and she'll see the good in you and like the investment that you've made in others. And she'll want to be a part of that mission as well. So you'll actually end up having more in common with her than you ever thought you could, you know, that's how that should work. So, I mean, I've made mistakes. I know this because I have made this, that, that mistake and you can tell Oliver <laughs> if I wish, if I, if I could have done it over again, I would, because I would have been in his shoes right now you know no you make a great point because um i i watch or <clears throat> i don't know what's like filled on my youtube algorithm is a bunch of like self-improvement stuff and it's <laughs> they, they attract you by like it towards a certain public of people that you know have never had an experience towards in a relationship and they're like oh they're like ha girls or like how to get in a relationship how do you talk about more people blah, blah blah but and yeah they attract you in that way but I think the the whole hero's journey hero's path that we talk about like once you undertake it and yeah in the beginning or the initial stages like that might be your mindset like oh I'm going to become more attractive so I can I can get more girls or I don't know do stuff like that but once you get on that journey then you later on realize like nah like fuck that like i i'm doing this because i want to share my own wisdom i want to give people i want to give back to more people give more free energy towards people while also making myself into the greatest potential possible exactly uh, right yeah. that's exactly 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 right that's you know, all i'm not like this is good like i understand what you're saying but I am, I'm probably going to fall in love this year or like, <laughs> like, I don't think I can control like, or, okay. I don't want to put it like that, but I think like, I think I'm ready for, or you know what? I'll try to find a girl who's more dematricized than I am more wise or maybe 
That's gonna be like, really hard. <laughs> oh well, thanks, man. I, watch, um, <laughs> but no, I mean, like, or at least a girl who is very um wise. I'll look for that, I guess. Um, I actually, you know what? I don't know what I'm looking for, but so, like, my question to you, Pete, would be: What's the point? Right at this stage of your life, when you've got these unique resources and this unique opportunity, what's the point? So the reason I would want to do it is because I think it would help me grow in understanding of like the other part, you know, like the feminine side of life more by, you know, being in a relationship or just it would increase my understanding of reality, I think. And also like it would put me to the test of like, do I have what it takes to be a good partner? You do have that. Like you don't have to be in a relationship to answer those questions. Well, I feel like it would be like a good, you know, examination of myself because I have to be like, I have to, it's like a good practice of trying to be intimate with someone like emotionally and, and it's like, something I haven't had experience with. So I think it would be a good challenge. Like, and I don't want to say it like it's a sport, but you know what I'm saying? Like, it would be a good way to grow. Like it kind of is. <laughs> Wait, what? is. <laughs> or that's how like matrix people like to view it a lot. Or even right. if, and the matrix people are the people I might even be trying to date, which would be like, I don't know. Would it be tragic if I fell in love with a matrix girl or like, or okay, this is getting really weird. <laughs> I'm just gonna I stop talking. I would, yeah, I would say that that's it's not tragic, you know, because it's like, but it, it's gonna because I mean you can always get out of that relationship. It's not like you're stuck. Yeah, unless you like marry her or something. Well, then you've got another problem. Like, <laughs> but like, it, it is. It's gonna require that much more of a commitment because she's just gonna be so off the level with you. Like, you won't have anything in common with her. So, you know, I would say. If you know what you're giving up, you know that you're giving up an opportunity for impact elsewhere, then like we, no one's going to stop you from getting in like, you know, that relationship or falling in love or, you know, whatever, like only you can make that, that decision, but just always be aware of the opportunity cost because someone else is going to have to fill that void, you know, and you could have been the one to make it, but that means that that legacy will not be yours. That's it, it's it's just mathematical that way because that's time and resources that you're putting elsewhere. That's yeah, all. you're right. That's that's a good objective way of looking at it. Yeah. Yeah. This was very interesting, guys. <laughs> yeah. Not, not the uh, not the turn I expected we'd be taking, but yeah, but. No, I didn't I did not know this would be like we literally talked about relationship for like an hour. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Really awesome. It's important. I'd say it's a really important part of the whole discussion because it's like that is a part of the human experience that's hard to tell. Like, is this part of denying yourself or investing in yourself and investing in others? Cause like, I can see the approach that you guys are. Yeah. And there's a, there's a lot of more like clear cut ones, like obviously like addiction, drug, pornography, or just like you're doing it. And then what are you doing with your life? But this is more like, this is something every human longs for, like even just relationship with anything, like friendship as well, like social interaction, if we didn't have social interaction, we'd all be dead. So like, and having something that's intimate as a romantic relationship is something we all long for. And Mm -hmm. trying to see the perspectives of that is 
it's an important thing to talk about. Yeah. Yeah, agreed. Mm-hmm. I think this is our longest podcast so far. Yeah. <laughs> <Is it> actually. <laughs> I think so, yeah. That's hilarious. Hey, I mean, it's it's been fun, man. It's been. Yeah, no. <laughs> I mean, I can't tell you the last time I had like a just a casual conversation with friends. Like, yeah, definitely. we're definitely gonna have to do a part two of this one. I feel like. Yeah. <laughs> this, is like, yeah this is no. I think we definitely need to talk more. Like. <laughs> yeah. Like, I'm definitely down. Do you want to wrap this one up and just do like a part two later, or like? Yeah, I mean, well, you're gonna be gone for a month or so, so I think we could do it. We could we could do this as our return, like season two, episode one. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. However, I can uh, contribute. I'm more than happy to do so. You just let me know. Alrighty, I guess. Yeah, we could just wrap. We could just play the outro music then, or should we do a conclusion? Like in conclusion. Oh yeah, Nick. I'd oh, say yeah. you're like, like definitely. Let's say nine point eight out of ten matrices out of or matrixes out of 10. definitely, definitely our highest. <laughs> yeah, like definitely our highest. Like this is yeah, yeah definitely our highest. That's you, crazy. You really, I think you were definitely the one that had that challenged us the most because most because i mean we did have other combos that went deep but this was like the or the conversation i was having with you kind of felt like whoa like is there something wrong with me (laughs) 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 you were getting close to matricizing us (laughs) (laughs) no nothing is wrong with any of you guys it's it's great i'm i just love to see like the individual spots that you're in right now uh, and then, the, you know, just kind of thinking back on where y'all, uh, you know, where y'all were, because it's so similar to, you know, where I was. Um, you know, I know that you guys are going to make good decisions that forward purpose, you know, and you'll help others do the same. Just be men, you know, be men that the world needs you to be, uh, because so few, so few people are willing to step up to the plate and, and offer that. So, yeah, just stay on the good path. Sweet, thanks, man. Oh, yeah. Oh, also, um, I think I'm mispronouncing my name. It's a ratchet, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> is, that, is, is that not how I said it? Bro, I was wondering. <laughs> wondering if you were gonna say anything, bro. <laughs> That's funny. So it's Rashi or ratchet ratchet yeah got it okay yeah no problem gotcha gotcha all right you just play the damn outro music yeah 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 <laughs> <laughs>